<laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I am your host, Casper. I am your other host, Becky Grimlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcasts. As always. So guys, before we get into our special guest episode this evening, a word from our sponsor. Calm your body down. I thought about you the other day when oh, I saw this. Oh, you thought this. about me? I did. Oh. I saw this video of um, what it would sound like if Nick Jonas stubbed his toe. <laughs> and, uh, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, just like that. It was pretty, it was pretty amazing. So, okay, I, I was like, all right, anyway, I know that had nothing, that had nothing to do with bath bombs, but that's all right. Um. I don't know. After after you stub your toe, maybe you need to get a bath <laughs> with one of Becky's bath bombs, and don't sound like soak that Nick, toe right up. Nick Jonas doing it. Um. So guys, I know there's been like I've had some weird glitches going on with my Instagram page and my Etsy page, but I think I've got everything figured out. So everything should be all set for the twenty percent off sale tomorrow. Um, well, the moon is about to go into Gatorade. I, so. I know. Yeah, <laughs> the moon so is going into Gatorade soon. That's. I figure technical difficulties are going to be happening to quite a number of you guys. But anyway, um, the sale should be up and running tomorrow. No problems. And um, Wait, is it I've... actually tomorrow, Thursday? Monday. Okay, because we're Sorry. recording on Sunday. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, wait. Thank you. So by the time you guys hear this, we've already started the sale. This is what messes me up when we record on the weekends, because then I don't know what fucking day it is. Okay, so when you guys are listening to this, this will be Wednesday. The sale would have started Monday, and I, we should already have the um, beard oil on um, sale on the shop. <laughs> So um, Etsy.com, it'll be the link in the bio on Instagram. It's Calm Your Body Down Everywhere, and uh, that's it. Thank you. Calm your body down. Ew. <laughs> I have to, I have to, I have to say that. That was fantastic. <laughs> that's exactly what he would sound like because he's so fucking nasally. <laughs> anyway, okay, guys, so we have a very special episode tonight. We have the... Lovely, wonderful ladies of the Ghoul Friends podcast on with us. Uh, they started their podcast about a month ago, and I was just on their podcast last week, and we were talking about Jennifer's body and cat people because that shit is gay and you can't convince me otherwise. And then tonight, we are going to just be interviewing them and talking to them about horror because that's, you know, what we do. And um, so we would love to introduce Miss Lucy and Lindsay of the Ghoul Friends podcast how are you guys doing this evening? Hey, ghouls. I'm good. How are y'all doing? <laughs> we are great. We're so excited to have you guys on. And thank you so much for coming on. No worries. I'm absolutely love you guys. So, of course, we've come on. Aw, thank you. We love you guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys have... Um, three episodes so far up uh is that correct yeah yeah and the first one will be out on wednesday so awesome that is awesome um so in terms of like how you guys got started um i'm sure you guys have probably been horror fans for some time um that's kind of like mine and casper's history um were, what type of uh, horror 
are you guys into are you guys into a certain genre that's kind of how like we like to start off because we figure most people with a horror podcast you've been horror fans for long enough that you typically have a favorite i don't always like to say favorite movie because that's always hard for me but like do you guys have a favorite genre of horror that you're into for me it's kind of two i would say because before i was into horror I'm, like, really into black and white, like, film noir movies, like, 1930s to 1950s is my oh, shit. Sweet. <laughs> sweet. Um, like, detective kind of crime movies, but film noir kind of bleeds into horror a little bit, kind of almost like, um, you know, Casper, when we were talking about Cat People, that's a 1942 movie, but it does reference film noir in it. So I do, like, kind of some of the classics but then like i also love horror comedy like horror comedy is one of my favorites um you know just mixing the ridiculous with horror i just think it's a great combination um so yeah that's my two i would say what about you Lindsay? I'm similar to lucy in that i absolutely love horror comedy um like they said there is a natural absurdity to horror, and I love when films lean into that. Um, but I also love horror, like based in realism, that tackles kind of real life um, things that we all go through as people. Like um, Hereditary is one of my favourite um, modern horror films, and that's dealing with grief. Um, <clears throat> and similar to Babadook as well, like it's also about grief. And these are all things that we have to deal with day to day. So I kind of love, I don't, I don't even know if this is a genre, but like horror dramas, um, stuff that's kind of like based in the real world. And then we use horror as a tool to explore those very real human feelings, emotions, events that we all have to deal with. Oh, I couldn't agree with you guys more. I think Get Out would fit into that category for 100%. a lot of people. Um, Midsummer. I know when my husband and I went to go see, so we're, we're, uh, my husband and I are in an interracial relationship and, uh, get out was just interesting for both of us to watch in just a number of ways, just with the way the movie played out the very end of it. It was, oh yeah, I would definitely say that movie falls in that category. Um, and Lucy, you're the the film noir. I, I love that you said that because I'm kind of getting back into those kind of films. I actually just watched um, Gaslight for the first time today. And like that one is almost that has Ingrid Bergman in it. So that that uh, that was 1930s. That almost has like that's a very psychological. That's almost like psychological horror in a way like. Um, oh. That, that initially is like what gave us the term gaslighting because throughout the whole film, I mean, this guy is just convincing his wife that she's losing her mind and that she's going crazy. I mean, it's it's so strange to watch a movie like that now, um, especially if you've been in that type of relationship because we, you know, obviously that movie coined the phrase and you could relate to it even, even now. Um, so that's really cool because I... I need to watch Cat People again. I haven't seen it in a really long time, but I'm kind of like getting back into those kind of films because those are the ones that like my um, my dad's in his 70s. So like those are the kind of films that would have been from from like his childhood. Those are interesting to watch too, especially compared to films now. 
Oh, definitely. And I'm so glad you mentioned Gaslight, because that is a great movie, really underrated. Um, the cool thing as well um, about movies like pre-1960s, and we've talked about it a couple of times on the podcast when we talk about um, you know representations of queer people on the screen, um, you know, 1930s to 1960s, there was the Hayes Code. So that was like the Hollywood production code, and you couldn't show you know, LGBTQ plus people, you couldn't show, um, and, and, you know, the Hayes Code was incredibly homophobic and racist. You couldn't show violence, you couldn't show gore. So that's where, like, terms like queer theory came from and also things like one of my favourite movies of all time, Boulevard, and that is a film noir, but it almost goes on to horror and because they couldn't show things like murder and violence, the way they had to shoot things was, like, quite inventive and there was a lot of um, kind of leaving the audience up to their own imagination. So that's like where like different shots and different styles came from that we still see today. So like if you're like a film buff and you like cinematography and that kind of side of it as well, that's quite cool. And then like the, the subtle, well, the not so subtle queer coding as well. As we we're saying, the, the shit is gay you can't convince me otherwise. There are plenty <laughs> of films within that genre as well where it's like it's screaming it at you, but they can't outrightly say it because of, um, you know, laws at the time. Yeah, cat people had me fucked up with that, because I was, like, watching it in the first, like, five minutes. I was like, oh, yeah, wow, this is so, she's gay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's just interesting how some people would, there, there were people back then that didn't, I mean, you would think, like, how could they not notice? There, there were some that didn't. I feel like you notice more when you are gay. Or when you are part of the community For as a sure. part of when you're not. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's why those movies were made. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. For sure. Because the straight, the, how to confuse the straight people. <laughs> <laughs> Always nice. <laughs> Make a movie called Cat People and have them think it's actual cats. <laughs> Always nice, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, this is not a metaphor movie at all. This is not subtext <laughs> at all. Face value. <laughs> Um, so I wanted to ask you guys a question. How did you guys meet and how long have you guys known each other? Oh, so this is kind of a funny story because Lindsay's first impression of me, Lindsay, do you want to tell the story? Because I find this quite funny. Because we, we didn't hit it off right away. No, you made it sound like we hated each other when we first met each other, but it wasn't really like that at all. Yeah. Um, we have we have a mutual friend, Georgina, and I'd, I'd heard a lot about Lucy from Gina, you know that way, like, where you're chatting with friends, and then if she'd seen Lucy, I'd be like, oh, how's she getting on? And she would like, let me know, because I kind of knew her, but I hadn't met her yet. Um, so it was Gina's 21st birthday, where we're getting, I was with um, my partner at the time, and we were getting ready to go to the restaurant and then I saw Lucy coming. We'd already tried to get into the restaurant but we were a bit early, they weren't letting anybody in. And I was like, oh, like they're not letting anybody in. And it's just this like look that she gave me. I was like, oh, okay, I won't speak to you again. <laughs> she was so like, I don't know if it was like offended or scared, but I was like, oh, I'm not going to see her again. <laughs> I'm and socially awkward. First interaction. <laughs> Lucy, damn. <laughs> I know, but no, we've, we've been really good friends now. For, I mean, how long ago was that now? God, was that eight years ago? Tina's well, just turned 27, so six years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
But look at us now. And the journey we've gone on. <laughs> That's so awesome, though. I, I'm sure I've been guilty of that myself. I am extremely socially awkward. And, like, sometimes, and I've... I wonder I've been... how we would have met um, had it not been for Matt. Like, would... Like, you know, would we have talked? Oh, I know. Do you know what I mean? Like, if we wouldn't have she never... knew She knew my brother-in-law. And me and my brother-in-law... <clears throat> oh, my God. Excuse me. <clears throat> me and my brother-in-law went to a convention together. And we were waiting in line to meet somebody. And we were standing right next to her. And he was like, oh, my God, Sophia. And she was like, oh, my God, Matt. And I was like, who the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... I'm sure we would have. And it was really funny, though, I'm because sure Matt had to leave early that day because of a birthday party. So I felt comfortable enough with Sophia that I just stayed with her. And we just hung out. And we just hung out. The I, whole time. I just met this person two hours ago. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, let's hang out. Like, this is fine. And that, yeah. was, that was, what, seven years ago? Yeah. About seven years ago, yeah, I think. Yeah, it's been about seven <clears throat> years ago now. But yeah, I've, I've never been like... That that comment you made though about like what like what your face looks like because I've been I've been with my husband for thirteen years and even he has told me like you know sometimes you get looks on your face and I'm like well I don't know what my own face looks like <laughs> so I'm I don't be a victim of resting bitch face and I think See? <laughs> I think I must have a version of that because I've even had people say like. Uh, like, uh, oh, you looked in, like, I didn't want to approach you because you looked intimidating. And I was like, I have noticed when we go places and we're not talking and we're just kind of vibing and we're sitting there eating or whatever. It's almost like you go somewhere <laughs> and then your face just does whatever it does. Yeah. And, I, <laughs> and you're just, just like, like, whatever. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. But I know it's nothing. I'm just like, she's just, she went somewhere. It's fine. <laughs> My brain likes to leave the planet. <laughs> <laughs> my brain likes to leave the planet every once in a while it's like oh this is a dumpster fire we're just gonna go for about five minutes i need a, we'll i need a back. i need a break I'm, I'm just gonna leave for a minute i'll be back i need a five minute timeout, and we're back <laughs> so um so you guys have been doing for the podcast for about a month now um did you guys just decide you were like, hey, let's just do this podcast together because we've been friends for a while and you guys are already like amazing people anyway, so. I think, um, you know, we, me and Lindsay, and Lindsay, feel free to jump in as well. We'd been doing podcasting before for about a year and, you know, we'd made some really good friends in the horror community like yourselves. Um, you know, before podcasting, I hadn't realized like, how close-knit and welcoming the community is and we both had such a love for it you know we both went to uni and did things around media and film studies and we're both passionate about film and you know we just we really wanted to raise (laughs) voices and like one of the reasons we called the first episode rising from the dead it was like we were rising from the the podcast grave you know we we'd um, taken a bit of a break for a couple months but we both still had a passion for it and you know i think the cool thing and what people liked about us podcasting before is because we were such good friends you can kind of feel that chemistry as well because we don't just talk about the films you know we talk about it's partly you know we're speaking before but um start recording you're there for the reviews but you're also there for the people as well and we just wanted something that was like a sleepover that's why you know we we both pick different films for each week and it's like what film would you 
horror movie would you sit and watch with your best girlfriends because that's like legitimately what we do when we hang out is like watch movies and stuff um Lindsay would you say that's correct <laughs> yeah definitely like we'd we'd had a different project before with someone else that kind of came to its natural conclusion and I just I don't think Lucy and I were ready to just stop altogether like it's something that we really enjoyed. It's time that we carve out for ourselves every week to catch up. And that's hard sometimes. Like, you know what it's like? You're an adult and you work. Me and Lucy, Lucy live on opposite ends of the country. So this is time for us to be girlfriends and just chat about films, chat about our life, um, like tell silly stories, go on tangents. And we're just very fortunate enough that we have people in the community who love listening to us talk a lot of nonsense and be a pair of weirdos um, on the internet. So, yeah, we're very grateful for our platform and for the people who, who indulge us in our day and listen to us talk about films. Yeah, you guys, um, are, you can definitely tell the chemistry between the two of you. Um I can definitely tell you guys are such great friends and I know I met Lucy first and then met you Lindsay through that and it was just like you guys were you still honestly are two of my favorite people on the internet like on on Twitter like you both are just such kind souls and when Lucy was like we're doing a podcast I was like oh my god yes <laughs> I was like they're not gonna stop they're gonna keep going I'm so fucking happy <laughs> And that's why I was like, okay, you have to be one of the first people that we have on. And I'm so glad that you're you were our first guest. Oh. You guys are so nice. They're so nice. That was the <laughs> that was the first episode. I, I promise I will go back and listen to the other two. Um that was the first episode of your podcast that I listened to and I really enjoyed it. I like the dynamic between you guys because <laughs> I think that's what You just wanted you to sing want. through the trees with us. That's and, all you wanted to do. Well do. that too. <laughs> and <laughs> I think that it's, I like, I think that that's important that especially if you're, if there's a lot of other podcasts out there, horror or otherwise, that have uh, partnerships or friends that do them together and um, ones that are my favorite, like we do with ours, like you guys do with yours, is when they have this dynamic together, bless you, when they have this dynamic together where they're, um, where you can tell that they're friends. Um, so you're not like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like sticking to a script in a certain way. Um, well, it's also, you can tell like, yeah, you can tell when people are just kind of like, uh, I'm doing this because I just really don't want to be here. Like we're just doing this when in reality, like the way you guys do and the way we do, we're just literally having a conversation. Right. You have a, you have a topic that you're, that you're, um, like to focus on initially, but, uh, Otherwise, you're making it um, comfortable, not only for yourselves, but, um, you know, like you guys were saying, you appreciate the fact that you do have a community, that there are people out there that that um, do want to listen to you. But at the end of the day, it's it's for you. And I think that's, you know, that's the way Casper and I are. We enjoy doing this because it's something that we like to do because we're friends. We get to talk about things that we enjoy. But um you know, of course, if other people like to listen, then great. You know, that's like, it's like an added bonus. Um, because there are so many podcasts out there and there's so, 
there's so many in the horror community too, which is great, but um, you kind of have to weed out. Like <laughs> I'm starting to discover that now, like ones that I'm finding, I'm just, you have to like weed out. There's some good ones, but then there's some like not so great ones. And then you kind of like got to move through to find the ones that you can connect. Oh, you mean with like horror and, movies? And like movies. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's like you get on Amazon prime and you're like, okay, which one is, which one's oh, going to be great? A, which one's going to be a complete waste of time? <laughs> that's actually a good question. Okay. So the two of you, what would you say is your most favorite hidden gem that you have found? Movie wise, horror movie wise. Oh, that's a difficult question. <laughs> you go first. I don't really know the bus I don't yet. <laughs> um, my favourite hidden gem. I'm just looking at... I've, I'm a big saddle because I have like a terrible memory. I have a list of every single horror film I've ever watched. So I'm just um, having a look through it. It's actually amazing. I should make that list. Oh, I, there's no <laughs> way. I don't think I could do that. The anxiety would take over me because it'd be like, have I seen that? I don't remember. <laughs> I know we hit you with a tough question. That, That's a see, tough mine, one for me. Mine would have to be either Hell House LLC, even though it's finally getting attention now. Right. Um. That or the autopsy of Jane Doe, because before the autopsy of Jane Doe got the attention that it got, I saw it, and I was like, "This movie's fucking incredible!" And I was like, "Wow, yay! I found a hidden gem!" And then, like, all of a sudden, now everybody's talking about it. Yeah. Same with Hell House. Like, I remember being on Prime and seeing that, and I was like, "This is gonna be fucking stupid." And then I watched it, and I was like, "Holy fucking shit!" That scared that happened, me. <laughs> that happened to me with the House of Octoberville. That yes. movie scared. That movie scared the shit. Like. Scared me to the point that, so I'm, I'm older than all three of you. I, uh, I was at home by my, I work from home. So I was at home by myself watching it and I didn't, it was creeping me out so bad that I actually like stopped it halfway through and waited till my husband got home. Cause I didn't want to watch it by myself anymore. <laughs> Bless, that's a shame. <laughs> I mean, a movie's got to really scare me. Like I don't. I like to say I don't scare easily because I've been watching horror films for a really long time, like since I was a kid. So unless it's like a certain subject matter, I like to say I don't scare easily, but I don't know what it was about that movie and just being home by myself. And I kept like hearing things in my basement and I was like, what is that? And I was just like, okay, this is it's a broad daylight. This movie is scaring me so bad. <laughs> So that that one I would have to say was a, a hidden gem for me because I I went in expecting it. It's it's kind of difficult with certain, especially streaming services now. Um, Prime, you can go on their horror platform, like their horror category, and I mean you there's there can be a few hits, but there's a lot of misses. And I really thought that one was going to be a miss, and it it surprised the hell out of me. Hell House LLC was another one too that like really shocked me. I had no idea it was going to be as good as it was. But after that, nobody should see any of the other ones, especially the third one. That was the biggest mistake I ever made was watching Hell House. <laughs> it became, Three. it became Gabriel versus Lucifer. Like, yeah. what are we watching? It got what, very what? biblical. It was and very I really didn't understand that. I was like, okay. I mean, I, you know, that's where you're gonna take it, I guess. Hell <laughs> but... House is a really good choice. I think I'm gonna go with because um, I said it's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. It's not necessarily 
what you'd immediately think with horror but it is just the first thing that's coming to my mind right now and i know when i get off this call i'm gonna have like five movies that i'll send of course you, that is all right it is probably going to be Sunset Boulevard. I absolutely adore that movie. And there's so many iconic lines from that film. Like, um, it's it's like, it's the pictures that got small and like, I'm ready for my close-up Mr. DeMille. And there's, you know, the, the scene at the end where she pans to the, to the camera and it's so eerie. And it does bridge that line between film noir and horror. And the casting on it is great and just... Um, I'd recommend anyone, even if you aren't a film noir fan, if you're a horror fan, should watch Sunset Boulevard because Norma Desmond is this like aging silent film actress who's like fully going insane. She's just played fantastically. Like Gloria Swanson was at her prime at that time. And yeah, it's just awesome. When you mentioned the movie, it sounded really familiar. I had to look it up. I was like, okay, this is one I've got to watch. I, I got to watch this. What's it streaming on? Uh, Prime. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have to watch that. Um, what about you, Lindsay? Did one come to your mind? Um, I think in terms of, like, hidden gems, um, Creep comes to mind. Um, oh. The found footage film with Mark Duplass. Um, I absolutely love Creep 1 and 2. Um, I find the villain extremely unsettling. Um, I was very on edge when I was watching it, just being like, what is this guy going to do next? Um, because he's just so unpredictable and reckless, and I think that is two quite scary qualities in humans, um, or in villains, really, in general, because you just, there's no way to prepare for that. Um, and it's a film I don't see a, a lot of coverage either, um, and it's one that I, I really, really enjoy. Creep is a fantastic I, movie. I couldn't agree more. Oh my god, that movie's so good. And what's so crazy is those guys those guys are directing a lot of documentaries right now. Like the Duplass brothers, like they've been involved um with a lot of do like HBO like they've been doing a lot of documentary stuff now, which is so crazy because when they came on my radar, I was like like you said that was how I found out about them was Creep and that movie is <clears throat> I could not have described it any better than what you said, unsettling. It is, un oh, I was so, I was so on edge when I saw the first one. I had never been so, I mean, like, it's just, it's anxiety inducing. It's definitely get. up there with uh, uh, Quiet Place and Underwater. Those two movies, like, on edge, the whole fucking movie. Whole like, movie. I was, like, on the anxiety trip. And Creep had that, Creep was just like that, too. It had me on an anxiety trip. Quiet Place is one of those films I really wish I could have seen at the cinema or the theater. Like, I feel like that you just, it's the same as like Invisible Man or Midsummer. Like, I would have loved to seen those on a big screen for like the first watch. <laughs> Speaking of Midsummer, we went to see it together and there oh, was a yeah. guy sitting next to me and he was so uncomfortable. <laughs> He was so uncomfortable, like, the oh, whole movie. Oh, yeah. He and his dumb. girlfriend was loving it. I was like, boy, I think you're about to get broken up with, sir. I think you're going to get dumped. <laughs> I think you're going <laughs> And probably in the parking lot. You guys may not even make it home. She might dump you. She's, he, he's like, she's sitting there with a smile on her face, and I could physically feel how uncomfortable he was during that movie. And I was like, oh, are you uncomfortable in a movie about a man who's, you know, a piece of shit? <laughs> 
Yeah, that that movie, the the right kind of guy understood that movie. Yep. My husband saw it and was like, this movie is great. <laughs> I also just would like to go to, up to Ari Aster and just be like, who hurt you? <laughs> like, I know, right? I know. Are you okay? <laughs> like, like, I hope that, I hope that movie like legitimately was therapy for him because it was, it was definitely therapy for me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sure for many other women, but for me personally, yep. there was a lot that was a very. I had a lot of cathartic experience. My entire my entire movie. essay is just pretty much all about Midsummer and why Midsummer means so much to me. Yeah. So yeah, agreed. Yeah, like Ari Aster needs. To, I'm like you, Lindsay. Hereditary is amazing too. Like Ari Aster needs to get on that. We need more, please. Yeah. Uh, I know that. I think he is working on some on his next film, but I haven't heard much about it yet. I've heard a dark comedy. So I'm very interested to see what the fuck he does. Yeah, yeah I which say that I've heard it's a dark comedy as well, so I'm very curious. I love horror comedies too. I don't not so much spoofs because I think that I think that a lot of people can get those confused. I don't really care for like parodies, but um, the one that always comes to mind to me, the best example because I saw it so early on when I was a kid was uh, Army of Darkness. I saw Army of Darkness before I knew anything about the Evil Dead trilogy. Um, it was my introduction to the to the Evil Dead movies. Um, I was a little kid and saw Army of Darkness on cable and thought, this is incredible. I was like, this movie is amazing. Like, the physical comedy, like, Sam Raimi just, I mean, he puts everything into those films. And then... You know, it, it obviously, you know, later on I watched Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 and um, those movies are incredible. You for, watched for Ash vs. Evil Dead, right? Were. Oh, yeah, I watched, I watched the whole series. Um, yeah, that those that those movies are incredible. That character is incredible. Just what it built from early on. I mean, that that started as a short. There was a, a, a like a horror movie short that Sam Raimi originally did with Bruce Campbell to where... Um, Ash didn't even have a name. Um, so it was just, it's interesting to see like the progression of that character and what it ultimately became. And, um, and Bruce Campbell's just awesome. I can, I can understand why he would never play that character again. Uh, he did a really amazing interview talking about it. And I was like, okay, I, I totally understand, but he appreciates the character enough. And, um, that's awesome to to fans because that that franchise is incredible. Even the the remake. Uh, oh my god, the remake, the remake was, was really the remake, the remake was really so good. good. And the gore, Chef's Kiss. The gore in the remake. Oh, oh there's the, no CGI. The, the blood rain. Yes. <laughs> I appreciated that a lot. <laughs> Slightly controversial, but I'm not a massive fan of franchises. Um, Lindsay, I don't think you are too much either, but I I was never big as a kid on, like, or even as a teen, like, the Friday the 13th or Scream or anything like that, but Evil Dead was my franchise, and I it's love so Evil good. Dead. Um, yeah. It was really the first one that I was originally interested in. I can agree with you guys with franchises, no. um, to be honest. Can we, can we, have you guys seen the Paranormal Activity trailer for the new one? I haven't. No. Don't. <laughs> it's, what's it called? Next of Kin? Yeah. 
it looks like absolute trash heap. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Um, well, I think what it's doing is taking, <clears throat> it's elaborating more on the story from the from the last one, Ghost Dimension, where they kind of went more into the like child cult stuff. <sighs> and I feel like that's more of what it's elaborating on. And they completely lost me with that storyline. I think, I, I, that's why I agree with you guys. I'm actually glad you brought that up because... We do a lot of episodes about franchises, and I think it kind of shows a good and bad to franchises, really, because you can have a, like, the first movie can be so solid, and then after that, it's, it's, it's difficult. You really don't, there's really not many, there really aren't, in my opinion, there really aren't many, if at all, franchises that really, like, every single Every single movie knocked it out of the park. Like every single movie Evil was Dead. amazing. Um, well, except Evil Dead, <laughs> um, and even Scream. Scream I know did. people Scream. I had to go back and watch again because the fourth one I like had these weird qualms with for a while, and then I went back and watched it again. And I was like, you know what? This is actually pretty good. Um, Until five comes out, and they'll probably ruin it. That's Let's probably hope they don't. the only. Yeah, that's probably the only one I would say as a whole. But I think what happens is is that they did well with stopping it short of going any further. Like. I'm, I'm, you know, fingers crossed that five is going to be good and that hopefully after that they stop. Um, because I think that's the, I think that's pretty much what ruins franchises is that they don't stop. They just, the, the, the characters are so iconic that they just keep the characters going and they, they don't stop. And that's what I think tears people away. And I think that's what ultimately like, but it the thing is, is what franchise fans don't as much as they say fans build franchises, but it's really money that builds franchises because it's it's a certain niche market that's buying into it, that's putting the money into them continuing these these series. But um, I have to say I agree because I don't really like getting wrapped up in franchises because it just, I think at the end of the day, it kind of ruins the, like, I, I'm I'm kind of one of those people where, um, even though I'm, I'm excited about the new movie coming out, uh, I, I didn't care for Halloween becoming a franchise, to be honest. And I know that that's not like, you know, if people know the backstory with that, John mm -hmm. Carpenter did not want it to be a franchise. He had no intention on it becoming a franchise, but you sell off the rights, the producers become involved, they want to make money, that's what kept the franchise going. And, you know, obviously he's back into it now, which is great. Um, it's the only reason it's good. Right. And Jamie <laughs> Lee Curtis being back. Really and, good. But um, as much as I, I think out of all of the franchises, you know, I, I mean, I, I love Freddy Krueger, but that was a franchise I feel like just got completely beat to death, beat to death and ruined. And there's really only like yeah. three movies in the entire franchise. I actually really, actually like, really, in even all though honesty, I love Freddy Krueger so much as a character. Friday the 13th is the one that's been beat to death. Well, because they took a formula and then they just did that in every single movie <laughs> yep. because it was the eighties. I mean, my, my, my husband was born in the late seventies. So like he really remembers when Friday the 13th was at its height. And for people that don't that don't understand 80s culture that movie those movies and the series of movies and the timing that they came out that was 80s culture 
It was tits and gore. And it worked. <laughs> and it was in every single movie. The formula of those movies was in every single movie. And it was it was because of the timing. Like people that grew up in the 80s, they know and they realize the timing of when those movies came out. And that's why it worked. And it honestly, though, going back and watching them now, oh my God, they did not date well. I am I am not a fan of the Friday the 13th series. I've made that very vocal many times over the years. Amen. I am not a fan. I don't the very first one is incredible. And it's not even Jason. And it's it's his mom. <laughs> not even Jason. It's not even him. I'm so I'm so glad you said that because um we actually did an episode a while ago on Friday the 13th part two and everyone loved it like when we asked for opinions of it and me and Lindsay are just like did we watch the same fucking movie oh wow <laughs> <Did we hate? laughs> I did I not like Friday the 13th and I only like the first one I actually really like it and a lot of people are like oh the first one's shit but I actually think it's really good it's the two and three are just not for me whatsoever it, it made sense. I don't, I, that's, the, that's the problem with the other ones. I, I guess that maybe that's why people like them is because they didn't make any fucking sense. The first one made sense. It made total sense to have a mom take revenge out on these people for what they did to her son and her son being special needs and all this stuff. I mean, like it, it was, it was amazing. It was really, really well done. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, the other ones were very bro movies. You know? <laughs> bro. I mean, they, they were. They were like, let's smoke a joint, drink some beer, and show our boobs. That's and... true. <laughs> like the stabby, only, stabby, stabby. The only thing that it. even redeemed those films were the boobs. Mm, I was like, did they really, though? No. <laughs> no. I mean, I, wouldn't, end, I think we can all agree that I wouldn't like sit, a nice set of movies, but, but, yes, but I wouldn't sit and watch not... those movies again for those boobs. No. Honestly, no. I can't. They're so mind-numbing <laughs> that I, I can't do it. <laughs> um, I personally felt that way. I need to go back and listen. I need to go. I need to listen to you guys' episode about Hostel because that was another movie where I was like, yeah, okay, there's a lot of tits and I could kind of do without this because it really didn't start, I didn't start getting into that movie until the end where I was like, oh, okay, all right. There's only like 20 minutes left, but I'm like all in I'm now. All in. So I'll have to go and listen to that episode because Hostel was a movie. I, I have a, I have a love hate with Eli Roth. Yep, same. I've, uh, I've I've discussed that before. I I have a I go back and forth with him sometimes. So <laughs> real real quick cuz well, we... this isn't horror, but are you guys I know Lindsay you are uh Lucy you probably are, but um are you guys Borderlands fans? I am. Lindsay, do you know what Borderlands is? No. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, no. Well, Eli Roth is making the Borderlands movie. So I'm really just hoping that he doesn't fuck it up. Oh. And I'll, I'll, oh, I'll, he better not ruin that franchise. Yeah, if he ruins Borderlands, I'm going to be... Like, I heard he was doing it. And well, I was like... I have... I'm a big... So, um, again, nothing to do with horror, but my uh, husband and I are big stand-up comedy fans. We're, we're, we're kind of stand-up comedy snubs, to be quite honest. <laughs> and... Um, Bobby Lee is a stand-up comic. There was a show here in the States called Mad TV back in the 90s. It's like a sketch comedy, a lot like Saturday Night Live, but funnier in my the opinion. The back of your head is um, ridiculous. And um, 
Bobby Lee was on it back in the day, but he's also a stand-up comedian. So he is in Borderlands. Um, and when he got back from filming, because he has he has um, a couple podcasts, one of them he does with his girlfriend. And um, when he got back from filming, he talked a lot about it. I mean, I guess enough that he could talk about since it's in post-production right now. Um, I know nothing about the game and I am really excited to see this movie. So from what Bobby said about it, I, I, I think Eli, I think he pulled it off. I think he did. I hope you guys as game fans are excited because I know I'm nothing about the game and I always hate that. Because I'm like, I'm not a gamer, so if they fuck it up, is it, I don't know. I mean, they casted <laughs> they casted Kate Blanchett as Lilith. And to be yes. honest with you, that is correct. Yeah. <laughs> that's just, that's yeah, correct. That, that's a good choice. And then um, Jamie Lee Curtis is in it, too, as, uh, what was her name, Lucy? Oh, who's she playing? She plays, oh. she plays the girl that has the short hair with the aviator glasses. Wait, not Tiny Tina? No, not oh. Tiny T. Um, oh my God, what is her name? She she owns the place where you like you keep all your shit in the upstairs, like the safe. She has like an aviator, like a hat on, and she has like aviator glasses, and she's got short hair. Oh yeah. Um, oh, who is that? That's gonna really annoy me. I can see the character in my head. Um, you know, I'm gonna figure it out after this. <laughs> Becky's looking it up right now because she's so kind. I'm like, I can't remember her name. <laughs> Um, Me and Lindsay are sitting here like, uh... <laughs> I, just, I just had to point that out, though, because he is doing Borderlands, and I am a little... It's nice to hear that Bobby Lee, like, said some really good stuff about it, because I'm so sick of them ruining video games uh, with shitty movies. Like, I'm sick of it. Oh, the cast looks, yeah. the cast looks incredible. Yeah, the there's cast a is lot stacked. Of, there's, there's a lot of very well-known uh, Patricia Tannis. Tannis! Okay. Tannis. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a... I'm so mad at myself now. <laughs> I know, me too. I'm like, oh my god, who was that? But that Jamie Lee Curtis is playing her. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited about the cast. So I, I think that's probably what won me over the most because the cast is insane. There's like... They they literally threw everybody in the kitchen sink in this movie. So it sounds like that Don't I mean, Look Up movie because they did that too on that one. So I'm ex I'm excited to hear about it. Um, so Lindsay, real quick, since Lucy said that her favorite franchise was Evil Dead, even though she's not a franchise fan, even though you're not a franchise fan, is there one that stands out to you that you like? I I love the Purge franchise. Um. I think it's like it's really fun that like, you can get involved with the characters. I think as well, especially during like Trump's America, you were like this. This could actually happen. Like there's like that anxiety to it where this could actually happen. Um, I think it's one of those rare franchises as well where it actually kind of gets better as it goes along. You know, we've got the first film where we follow this, like, middle-class family and, you know, there's this whole discourse about how they kind of profiteer off of it. And then in later films, it is your more working-class people that we're following and the actual real-world issues for people on the ground that would happen during something like this. And I just find that really interesting. 
What did you say again? What franchise was that? The Purge. Oh, The Purge. Purge. Yeah. Yeah. I I can appreciate that. I really don't like The First Purge. Um, I tried to. Not The First Purge movie. The first. This is so yeah. hard to explain. Because I'm like, <laughs> not The First Purge movie. The, the movie, movie The, the first, first Purge. Purge. <laughs> yeah, we got it. Um... I did not really care for that one. Um, the only movie, but I, I do see what you're saying though, because they do like the first one's really good and the oh, second crap, one's really I good. I haven't even seen this one. Um, it's it was the storyline. It didn't catch me. Oh, but okay. I didn't see. Um, oh, okay. Election year is where I saw election year was actually that good. was the last one I saw. I liked that one, but I agree with you. It's kind of cool how that starts in a house. Like at the beginning of the first, and then it actually like breaks out, and you're, you're actually right. in the world. The way they take it more of like a the the first one is definitely more about social class, mm -hmm. which I was like, ooh, okay, um, <laughs> this is gonna ruffle some feathers a little bit. Um, but yeah, they really took it there, and I think like I mean, with this state of you know, especially things in America, it, it's. How could you not? You had you had too you had just way too much subject matter to pull from, um, especially in this this last one I've been or mo most recent one I've been hearing about. Um, speaking of movies, did you did either one of you ever see The Hunt? Oh my god! Yes. Oh, okay. What what did you think of it? I quite liked it. Um... That's the correct like, answer, ma'am. I'm just kidding. I was like worried when you were like, what did you think of it? And I was like, I really like him. No. Really oh, so we, we love it. We we absolutely love okay, it. We're right good. there with you. What did, oh, what I did you like it. about it? Um, I absolutely love the main character. I can't remember her name, uh, like the character's name, but I'm pretty sure the actress is Betty Gilpin. I think she's amazing. Yeah. And she's a very like, engaging character to follow along. Um, I kind of love the kind of purge-esque um, idea of the, of the the very rich people bringing in these people who apparently have wronged them to um, get them to all kill each other, basically. And uh, I, I love the twist. And I love that it's like this female protagonist and then a mostly like female antagonist as well and yes! then kind of clashing at the end like you don't get that nope. you really don't get that it's often like oh we'll put the strong woman against against a man and it'll be this like women against the patriarchy thing and it's just like you have these two very well matched women towards the end fighting each other and it's an absolutely amazing fight scene and oh incredible I love, the, I love the twist at the end as well I, love, I remember being um, like, oh, Hillary Swank, hello. What are you doing here? Oh, <laughs> love her. That I love was her amazing. so much. <laughs> well, I, so. There's a total, like, there's a total, like, red herring in it as well, because, like, Emma Roberts is there, and she gets done in, in, like, the first five minutes. That was fantastic. So I kind of love that as well. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that, that made me, that I made was me like, happy. oh, Emma Roberts gets her head blown off? Oh, I was like, oh, my God, like, literally in the first five minutes. I was like, Whoa. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, I, I hate that, <laughs> I hate that the subject matter of the movie got way more hype than what the movie was actually about, but obviously with the state of affairs in this country, it really didn't surprise me. I mean, to the point that it even got delayed, like, 
they were so worried that people were going to be like shooting each other in the theaters that it actually got delayed, which was absolutely ridiculous. Because if you watch the movie for me, and I don't, obviously with this being a horror podcast, I'm not going to get like super political, but it, uh, I'm, I'm right down the middle when it, when it comes to my politics, which really pisses a lot of people off because I'm, you know, I'm one of these where I'm like, look, the whole shit's corrupt. Everybody's a fucking <laughs> crook. Throw them all away, you know? Like, I'm, just, I'm one of those people. Let's start, let's hit the restart button. Let's dump yeah. all of the shit let's and just then start over. Get it all out of there. There need to be term limits anyway. Um, there need to be age limits. And that too. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, it's hard, you know, when to try to have an, especially even now more, more than ever, to, to have like an intelligent conversation with somebody in the in the scheme of really anything. And uh, that was what I really loved about that movie because it showed you how insane, at least thought process wise, both sides can be and, and really are at the end of the day. Um, with throwing an element of, uh, I'm a George Orwell fan, so I think it probably threw some people off, but for me, who's read Animal Farm umpteen billion <laughs> times, that was incredible. I got all the Animal Farm references. I thought, oh, this is so great. I mean, because we're living in a time where if you don't revisit Animal Farm or 1984, you're going to be missing out on a lot. Like those are those are two two books that I had that were like preferred reading when I was in high school that I never thought like 20 years later everybody would be referencing those movies um to the point that a lot of it we're starting to like really see happen and yeah i think that's what i loved the most about that movie was the fact that it explored so much with with just everything else like you mentioned the two female um one the protagonist one the antagonist the amazing fight scene um and just the meaning of the movie as a whole um but I think if I can say the one negative that I hated, at least over here in the States, was uh, just the press it got was so ridiculous. But I think that can happen. Um, I think that's really common in film. I think, and I think, to be honest, with, when they think that that's going to do negative for the movie, it actually does the opposite. Um, and I think that's something that can be true in horror. I think there's some horror films that have, like, really pushed the edge and uh, I think what I think when they think talking about it negatively is going to impact it in a negative way, it almost does the opposite because it's like, oh, if this movie's so bad or so controversial, it's like it makes you want to see it more. It's like when you tell somebody no, when you tell a little kid no, it makes them want to go that you you want to keep doing it because you're like, oh, well, why is this so bad? Maybe I should maybe I should check it out. I think that's. Especially in horror. Um, Have you guys seen The Turning? No, I have heard of it, though. It's terrible. It's the worst movie I've ever seen oh, in my life. Oh, it's not worth watching. No. It is not the worst horror movie I've ever seen. It is the worst movie I have ever seen in my entire it's life. It's pretty awful. Gosh, Really? And I told that to my roommate. That's what you said. Like, my roommate was like, well, I have to see it if it's the worst movie you've ever seen. I know. That's I was why like, I, I literally to... cannot watch this again. <laughs> I was like, I can't. I it can't. just, you know, when you're, I, I can appreciate a movie where they tried it, like, where you're really confused. And 
they're throwing a lot at you, but then at the end, you know, they kind of wrap it all up in a bow and you're like, oh, so that's why this happened or this happened or this happened. That movie didn't do that. It was confusing the entire time. There was a lot going on and the end did not clear anything up. It was actually even more confusing. And there wasn't an ending. Ended. There wasn't like, an ending. Where's the ending? Right. So there really wasn't an ending. The there movie was... climaxed and then it ended. That's literally what happened. And then the entire theater went, huh? <laughs> yeah, we were all sitting there like, is this the end of the movie? I was like, should we stay? Is there is... a cut scene? <laughs> is there an after credit scene? And there wasn't. The best so... review that I saw for that movie was someone said, the turning is... That's all they said. Because the movie didn't have an ending. Yeah. So they just didn't have an ending. <laughs> review. I was like... That's brilliant. I was like, that's the best review I've ever seen. Well, it's taking on the turn of the screw. <laughs> Which and, Bly Manor did. <laughs> yeah, Bly Manor well. did much better. I'd say if anybody... I, I would get familiar with the story, The Turn of the Screw, and then watch Bly Manor. Because that one actually did the story justice. The turning did not. It was... Very strange. There were actually even parts of the movie that made me very uncomfortable and not in a good way. <laughs> you guys seen Bly Manor? I love Bly Manor. I think so we've good. spoken about it a few times before. And like, I know there were so many people that didn't like it because they were comparing it to Hill House. And it's like, it's a yeah. completely different story and it doesn't, you know, it, it, at the heart of it, it's, it's a romance and yes. it's beautifully written. And I, I, you can't compare the two. It's still within horror. I thought it was great, but I know that there was a lot of people that were not impressed with it, you know, that said that it wasn't scary enough or there wasn't jump scares or anything. But, like, we've spoken about this before and, like, you know, people are trying to gatekeep what horror can and can't be. And horror can be a variety of things, you know? Well, Lucy, people are mad because it had a lead female character... Who was not straight? Yeah, and I'm sure that had. I have, to do with I it have too. no doubt that. It, what's really funny is that when me and Danielle were watching it, and I saw like when, uh, what was her name? Not Danny. Um, opposite of Danny. Oh, her. Oh, with, Jamie. Thank Jamie. you. I was like, uh, that woman, the girlfriend. When she walks in and she looks at her, I looked at Danielle and I was like, she's got a thing for her, and she goes, I wouldn't call it that. And I said, Honey, I'm gay. I know that look. Picking up all the vibes. I was like, I know that look. You don't look at another woman like that unless you want them. Tell me I'm wrong. And then they and then they end up kissing and I was like, I fucking told you. I fucking told you. When she's at the bar and the way she grabs the beer, I was like, Oh, this bitch is gay. (laughs) The way she was dressed. Like just the way she I was like "Mm." That first scene when we're introduced with Jamie, I was like, Oh, she's gay. I mean, it's like, I I knew immediately, immediately. I was like, oh, she's gay. All right, cool. And then the way, <laughs> the way cool. Danny looked at her, I was, and then the way Danny was dressed, I was like, alert, <laughs> gay. <laughs> well, I like how you mentioned going back that people didn't, either didn't understand or didn't appreciate the fact that they were two completely different stories and that Mike Flanagan actually took real literature and then just expanded on it more. Um, Shirley Jackson's The Haunting of Hill House is an incredible book. It is such a good book. Her story is amazing as a one. She's kind of a, 
If people aren't familiar with Shirley Jackson, she's kind of a queer icon, in my opinion. I adore, I adore that woman. Like, re the more I learned about her, I, I really appreciate her as an author, and I, I need to go back and read some of her other books. But The Haunting of Hill House as a book is really great. The Turning of the Screw as a book is really good. And Mike Flanagan really expounded on both of those stories and created these, um, like, little mini-series that were just absolutely brilliant. But both of them touched on completely different subject matters. Like you said, with Bly Manor, at the heart of it is it's a love story. At the heart of Haunting of Hill House, it's it's about grief. They're, they're, uh, the Haunting of Hill House, for me, um, I lost my mother eight years ago. So... Uh, that movie, much like Midsummer, took me through. That movie was a therapy. <laughs> that movie was a real therapy where there were like, you know, I, I went to grief counseling after I lost my mom and obviously, you know, went through all those things. But I watched that series and I was like, oh, there's clearly some some grief still in there. There are clearly some things that I have that I have not dealt with. And um I, there was a bit of me that identified with every single one of those characters and uh, all of the siblings are stages of grief. And um, it was, it was just represented in a brilliant way. So I think that what both of those did that I think if you, if you've lost someone, Haunting of Hill House is, is a perfect movie to watch. If you are, if you know what it is to be deeply in love with someone or, or at least desire that that type of love. That's what Bly Manor is. Um, Bly Manor hurt me. <laughs> Bly Manor hurt my. Oh, family. I cried <laughs> really hard. <laughs> I'm still not emotionally recovered. I'm not either. either of the series. To be thank honest. you, thank you so much. Especially because I literally me told too. Danielle, I was like, if this has a fucking Titanic type ending, I'm not gonna be okay. <laughs> like I'm not. And then it did, and I was not okay. <laughs> I was like, that's her hand. <sighs> yeah, I don't I don't do well with love stories in any capacity like that. I'm at the point now where I, I'm like, my husband comes like, home and he goes, Oh God, what did you watch? Because I <laughs> I'm at the point where I'm like, if I'm watching a gay, especially lesbian couple, what's gonna fuck up their relationship? They're not gonna make it. One's gonna die, or someone's psychotic. It's like, why do they do that? <laughs> Could we not do that? <laughs> Could we just have a Can we just let them be happy, please? For once? We're not yeah. asking for much. We're really not. Well, just I, I think the, the the LGBTQ community period. I, I Thank you, Fear Street. We need uh Thank you, Fear Street. I haven't watched Fear Street yet, but I'm just saying thank you, Fear Street. <laughs> they finally they're they finally did it. getting the hit. They did it. But anyway, that, I don't want to give away just, too much. That we're just normal, just normal people. We can have normal relationships. And one doesn't have to die, and one doesn't have to be a psychopath. It's true. <laughs> like, please. Um, so, if you guys had to choose, this is probably another horribly difficult question. I'm sorry, I'm giving you the worst. Um, if you had to choose what your favorite horror movie would be, or if you have like a top favorite that's like a comfort movie or something that you guys just like genuinely go to, what's your what's your horror movie go to? Lindsay? <laughs> <laughs> Are you there, Lindsay? Oh. 
Sorry, I pressed on mute and it just went to mute again. Um, my horror movie, like go to my comfort horror movie is Zombieland. Yes. Um, I absolutely love Zombieland. Like it came out when I was in high school, and it's just such an easy watch. Like I still laugh at all the same jokes. Um, you know, it's a kind of film you can put on as well. Like if you're looking through your phone at the same time, I know you shouldn't do that when you're watching a film, but I do it all the time. Um, it's just easy, easy comfort viewing. Did you like the second one, Lindsay? Did you see the second one? Yeah, I've seen the second one. I did quite like it, actually. Like, it was the kind of thing like, oh, do we really need this? And there was a few things that I was like, is it really believable at which time Columbus would still be together? But overall, like, I, di- I did like it. Um, I would probably go to the first one, like, more than the second one, but I do like it. Yeah, I agree with that. I thought the second one was okay. I... I liked it for what it was, yeah. but the first one is, like, untouchable. Oh, my husband is a huge... I, I love the first one, but my husband is a huge fan of the first one. He loves it so much. Also, what's-her-name grew up and, like, like grew up. Abigail Breslin. Like, oh my, I was oh like, my oh my god, god you're she's like an adult still, now. She's still that adorable little girl in Little Miss Sunshine to me. Like, I... She's so... She was so cute. <laughs> But yeah, I have to agree. I did like the I did like the sequel to Zombieland. I liked it. My husband and I both did. Um, but I still they could have just kept the first one, and I would have been fine with that because it is it is a true classic. It really, really is a the true one, classic. The one is out of style ever. <laughs> and the one liners are brilliant. Bill fucking Murray. I mean, come on, like it doesn't get any better than that. <clears throat> How about you, Lucy? I think for me, the first thing that comes to mind is Alien, because besides horror, sci-fi is my favorite genre. I am a huge fan, huge fan of Star Wars and Star Trek, and to me, like growing up, Ripley was and still is the ultimate final girl, and just such a badass character. Sigourney Weaver is such an icon, and you know, Ripley, (laughs) you aren't focused on her looks, she isn't a sex symbol. Not that she isn't an absolute babe, but like right, yeah. Ripley just is just such a badass. And the Alien franchise still stands the test of time. I'm such a fan of the first two movies. Um, I think they're just I- iconic staples of horror and sci-fi. I'm so glad to hear you say that because I'm very much the same. I am a huge, huge sci-fi fan. And when sci-fi... Like, again, there's a the one thing that's so great about horror is it's got a million subgenres. And sci-fi horror is, when it's done right, it is brilliant. And what I love so much about the first, I love the second. I love Aliens. I mean, R.I.P. Bill Paxton. It's like, I love him so much. Um, but the first one, it was almost like, I, I compare it to Jaws in a way because you never actually, it's it's that... It's that never really seeing it and then the big reveal at the end. And you're absolutely right. I mean, for a movie that was, I think the first one, what was like 1978, 79? I think so. I mean, that's been 40 plus years. And that movie still to this day stands up, holds up. People constantly reference it. And can we talk about the fact Sigourney Weaver looks almost exactly the same? Oh, she's a babe. Like, she's 71 years old. And I'm like, ma'am. My God. It's bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, what yeah. fountain of youth 
are you drinking from? <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I love just any any crossovers of sci-fi and horror are are right. That's why alley. Cabin in the Woods was Oh, that movie's amazing. That movie's incredible. That movie is so, so it's good. A lot of Lovecraft elements. I mean, by the end of the movie, I'm like, oh, this is this is so Lovecraft. I mean, it's got like and it and it went in not expecting any like oh this is gonna be another and then you're like whoa wait a minute what is this movie um another one that always comes to mind for me that i think gets overlooked a lot and uh lucy you have to let me know if you've seen it um it was a movie that came um i think it maybe like early 2000s it was called event horizon yes i haven't actually seen that but we i've been recommended it a couple times yeah, same. I must watch. Watch have it. to see it. It's um it's it's like they it's like a an alien uh oh what's what's I just totally lost the word I'm looking for. Um almost like a like a demonic alien movie. It's it's even got some like it's got a lot of Hellraiser vibes to it, and I'm not a big fan of the the first Hellraiser and the second one are, are great. The rest of the franchise, I don't even know what happened, but <laughs> um, the first two were great, and it has a lot of those, just like the body elements that Hellraiser has. Um, Event Horizon has a lot of that, and it, it's Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne, and I mean, like the cast is, and I I got to meet one of the Jack Noseworthy. Um, he has like a little, he's not a very well-known actor, more like a character. He's like a small part in it. Um, I got to meet him at a convention and I just told him like, I love, like this movie does not get the love that it deserves when it comes to um, sci-fi horror because it should be, it should be right. As far as I'm concerned, I think it should be right up there with Alien and, and all of those. It is, it is so well done. Um, especially anything about like a, a ship being possessed I mean, like, oh my God, like it did that, that right there. I'm like, sign me up spaceship. They, they find this ghost spaceship and it's possessed. Like, great. I want to see that. <laughs> we need, we need more of that. That as far sounds as great. Um, Lucy, I'm curious with mentioning the alien franchise. Um, what did you think about like Prometheus and, and those movies? I, I liked Prometheus. Um, I, obviously, it it doesn't stand up to, to Alien. No. But I I think I think <clears throat> I don't mind it. Um, it wasn't the most memorable though for me. The one after that is where I fell off. I I, I didn't care for uh, what a Covenant Alien Co Covenant Covenant. I didn't care yeah. for Covenant. Yeah, Prometheus was okay. Um. I, I liked where they went with it, but uh, yeah, Covenant, Covenant lost me, <laughs> and I and it was yeah, very disappointing. Much better. Yeah, it was disappointing because I love Michael Fassbender. I really, really, really love him as an actor, and I uh, did too. But he fucked up Assassin's Creed too. Yeah, so oh, it's, it's, I. Yeah, I'm so glad we didn't see that. I'm so glad you didn't either. My husband's a gamer, so he's so picky with these games that they mm -hmm. adapt into films, and he loved the Assassin's Creed, and after I heard how terrible the movie was, I said, we're not watching this, because no. 
Um, the Witcher made him very happy, which well, that, they made that a series because they were able to yeah. do something with that. It's so good. The Witcher was amazing, and honestly, the oh, my husband was so happy. He was <laughs> he loves those games. He was so mm-hmm. happy. Yep. And the new Tomb Raider with Alicia Vikander was Chef's Kiss. Yeah. That was actually good. That was really good. Because that actually... Rick really liked that one. That actually start, went with the story of the reboot Tomb Raider um, that came out in 2013. The Angelina Jolie Tomb Raiders are awful. I just can't stand them. Well, video games, I think, are very difficult to adapt into film. I think it's yeah. best the route that they went with Witcher, which I've heard so many gamers say this, that it's, it's best to do... Uh, a series. Yeah, because you're putting a yeah. 18 to 20 hour game into a film. Yeah. And it's like, you you can't, that's why I'm like, please don't fuck up Borderlands. <laughs> I love Borderlands so much. I know, much. We're, we're, we're holding out hope. <laughs> like, from what I've heard, I'm like, I, I think I think they finally got it right. <laughs> I think they finally got it. I, I'm also like that with them, they're doing a TV series of The Last of Us, which yeah. makes me sure one of my favorite series. But also, what's really exciting about it is they've got Pedro Pascal playing Joel, and I'm like, you've got Pedro, like, I love him so much. I'm so excited. I love him so much. I heard rumors that they're going to do a Life is Strange series, but I don't know if that's going to actually happen or not. I don't know if my heart's ready for that. I don't know if I could handle watch. Like, the games destroy me. Like, I have to be mentally ready to play this new one because it's getting, like, 9 out of 10s. And it's like, it's, like, the most emotional. And I'm like, the most emotional? Oh, God. (laughs) I'm like, Chloe already ripped my heart out and threw it on the ground and burned it. Like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to handle this. (laughs) You said got your heart ripped out. Well, the the new girl superpower is she's an empath. Oh. And she's bisexual. Yay! I know, right? I was like, yay for the bites! Yay! I was like, oh, good. Yay! But um, I've heard rumors that there was going to be a series, but I don't know if they're going to do that. That would be hard to do because it's not choice-based. Like, if you're watching it, unless they did it like that uh, Black Mirror episode, Uh, that's choice-based, I don't know if it would have the same feel because those games are choice-based. Yeah. But I mean, if they if they yeah, did uh, a series like that Black Mirror episode, that would be cool as fuck. Yeah, they might because that was really that was good. Did you see? Did you guys see that Black Mirror episode where it was choice based? I did. I really liked it. Like, like loads of times. <laughs> I love Black Mirror. There and there are certain episodes I'm partial to, and that was one of them. That was a good one. Um, I actually have a question about uh now these. I have a couple of movies um, that I've only... Do you guys have any uh, a particular horror movie that you were like, okay, I watched this one time and that's it. I am never watching this again. And that could be for any number of reasons. Either it was awful or it just it was like mentally fucked you up so bad that you were like, I can't ever watch this again. Like, do either one of you have a, a movie like that? One that comes to mind for me, and I do want to watch it again, but I know it'll be a while, because I've watched it, when would it have been when we, it might have been the start of this year actually, it was Martyrs, and mm. I loved that movie, and I knew going into it, a lot of people told me like, yep. it's going to be a hard watch, you're going to find it really difficult, and I said yeah, yeah, like that's the kind of films I like, it's fine, but no, mm. I, I wasn't prepared, like I sat with myself after that, like 
fuck, this this, this was difficult. Um, and I think it's a fantastic film, but it's not something I would choose to watch again straight away. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt like I needed to send an invoice for my next therapy session. <laughs> right? Oh my god. Thank you. Yeah, Mart- Martyrs I have, is rough. I have three movies on my list, and that's one of them. Yeah. I want to watch it again, but I gotta, like, who? Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. It's it's a watch it's an amazing, be- it's an incredible one day before movie. your next therapy session. There you go. Like, I watched Martyrs yesterday, and oh my god, <laughs> like, help. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I would. I. I would love to watch it again, but I'm. Mm-mm. Oof, that's a. That's tough. That's a hard it's one. Been a, it's been over a year, and I'm still like. Oof. Actually, right. like two years. It was like two years ago. That's right, because 2020 didn't happen. It was like two years ago. <laughs> 2020 right? is a mirage. That never. Wow. That was a, 2020 was a black mirror. Yeah, so. it really was. <laughs> it really was. <clears throat> Lindsay, that, do you have a movie like that for you? Waters was the first one that came into my head in terms of like films that are just like a really tough watch. I actually watched it twice for the review that Lucy and I did on it. Uh, and I'm still like, I can't believe I, I did that. Like, I watched it like on the Tuesday and then again on the Wednesday. <laughs> Damn, a whole day? Ma'am. Wow. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> But I'm kind of like, because I've watched it twice, it's like not in a bad way, like it is a really good film, but it's just like, unless I have to, I'm probably never going to watch it again. But in terms of like movies that were so terrible, I don't want to watch them again. Session 9, um, I was doing a bit of research for like an underrated horror movie, so like top 5 I was doing, and this film came up a lot, and I watched it, and I like... I wanted to invoice all of those people for wasting my time by making me watch this film because I just thought it was terrible. It's not good. I really like it. I didn't like it. I really liked it. Lindsay, thank you. Sorry, Kat, I hated it. No, it's okay. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, well, fuck this. (laughs) (laughs) Lindsay, it took me two days to watch that movie because I got so bored. I got so bored halfway through that I was like, I don't want to watch this again. <laughs> You're like, I'm so bored. And then so I, the next day I was like, all right, no, because you, I don't like doing that with movies. I don't like not finishing movies unless it's, honestly, I can't even remember the last time I saw a movie that was so bad that I just couldn't finish it. But like that one, I was like, no, I'm going to finish this. I'm going to finish this. And I just... I was a little disappointed. Um, it was interesting to watch for us because so they filmed that movie like in the actual Danvers asylum. And this was before they demolished most of it. And we got to actually go to like, it's an apartment building now, um, except for like the facade, like the front of it, they kept and uses like a lobby office. Um so it was kind of neat to watch the movie for that because you got to see like what the inside of it looked like before they demolished it. But otherwise, it I don't, it wasn't really worth. <laughs> I'm sorry, I know we have movies like that. That's okay. I have ones that I like where you're like, no, I didn't like that at all. <laughs> I'm just like, that's. Okay. I always love though. I always love like talking like like you guys are like talking to Becky and then being like, how would you think? And then you're just like, oh my god, that was horrible. And the other person's like. Oh, I liked it. I really liked it. <laughs> That's. I'm glad you guys mentioned martyrs though, because I have I have three on my list, um, that were just so fucked up. Like, nope, 
uh, Martyrs, uh, The Mist. Absolutely not. I will never watch that movie ever again. Nope. No thank you. And um, a Serbian film. I don't even want to watch oh, a yeah. Serbian. I won't even watch don't. it. I wish to go. That, I, I, that movie used to be free on YouTube. Oh my god. That's how I watched it. It was one of those like, are you 18 and up? Sure. <laughs> click. And <laughs> that's why I'm wondering. I'm wondering how many children were scarred oh for life because they found that movie on YouTube. Oh my Have god. Have you guys seen a Serbian film? I haven't seen it, but I know what the plot is, so I just immediately didn't watch it. And I'm so glad because I, 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 I couldn't have watched that. It just sounds absolutely horrific. It's awful. Did you see it, Lindsay? No, I've not seen it. I have not seen it. No, oh, I, I, I won't watch it. I, 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 I tell people, please. Also, I've argued with people where they're like, uh usually at the top of the list is the human centipede and that the movie's really not the first one for me it was almost like watching an art house film like the first movie was not i mean okay it's gross the the concept but two was the one but was, two i will never watch ooh. um but yeah i didn't people go oh yeah human say i go no no no. A Serbian film is single-handedly one of the most fucked up things I've ever watched in my life and I will never watch it again and I will never ever recommend it to anyone. It's I usually say it as a challenge to people. Like people that try to like argue with me like, no, I've seen some really fucked up stuff. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well then go ahead and watch it then. <laughs> and you're going to immediately want to go to a church right after that. Like I'm not even like cleanse your eyes with holy water. Like I'm like, a witch and I wanted to go to a church immediately after <laughs> I watched that movie. <laughs> you're like, I'm just going to I'm just going to drink holy water. I just wanted gonna... to be in a sacred holy place. <laughs> I just wanted to be somewhere. I just I wanted to find the nearest church and just stay there like and just sink and just shove holy water in my eyeballs cuz that's that's how that movie will make you feel. You want to talk about therapy, you'll need an exorcism after that movie. Like you will even if you're not religious, you will you will become religious if you watch that movie. You will be like, um, what god do I need to pray to after I watch this? What religion do I need to pick yeah, up? Yeah, what right religion now? do I need to pick up right now? All of them. All of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just just lump them all together and pray to all of them. I would have to say my number one is the remake of I Sweat on Your Grave. Oh, um, God. The that original movie, one was... The, it was 45 minutes of rape. I mean, it, there, it, it was literally 45 minutes of rape. And then when they made the mentally ill guy... Like, he said, I don't want to do it. And they forced him to rape her. I was physically ill. I was like, I don't know why I'm watching this and continuing to watch this. I know she's going to get her revenge, and she does, and it was sweet, and it was great. But I was like, I could never watch the beginning again. Yeah. That was so sickening to watch that. Because, like, they just play the whole scene where they all yeah, take they turns it. raping her. They and in like, the original film, too. The I haven't watched the original, because the I, remake was enough. Well, I'm a, sur I'm a survivor, so typically most films that have any type of uh, assault or anything like that, I just, you know, I have PTSD. Why do I need to watch that? Um, 
but I did watch the original. Uh, I really wish I didn't. Um, and I'm aware that there's a remake and several, um, and I won't watch it. Because uh, those kind of films, you know, they border on... I I can enjoy a good revenge film, but something like sexual assault is such a, is a subject matter that I don't really think needs to be exploited as much as it was not only in that movie, but the subsequent sequels that they made after that. I mean, the front cover of every single one of them was a half naked woman carrying some type of weapon. And I'm like, who are these movies appealing to? Because I don't, know if i because i'm gonna tell you right now survivors and victims are not going to see these movies that's not i don't i don't know what type of audience they were trying to get but it was very exploitive i i, I think that's what i'm appreciating now more with um i think that's why i love what you guys are doing especially like in your last episode and i i think when you're taking women in horror especially not just in those series of films but in others that we've seen, um, have have just you're just always exploited. Even even if you end up being like the final girl or the you know the you make it in the end. Like, why does she have to be half naked? Why does she have to you know what I mean? Like, there's always. Um, I think we're starting to pull away from that. I think we're starting to see less and less of that um, because it's really not needed. You know, uh, I think unless. Um, the woman herself feels like that needs to be a part of the role. But I think we're starting to see now where you, you know, we we're that's old hat. Like uh, women get exploited enough as it is. So we don't need to have that in, in horror anymore. <laughs> no. And I think we are starting to, you know, we need to have stories told by the people that have had those experiences um, yes thank you you know we've spoken about this on the podcast before you know <laughs> if you're going to talk about a queer woman it should be written by a queer woman if you're talking about a black woman's experience it should be written produced directed by a black woman you know you can't tell these stories and claim they're authentic without having the people that actually have these lived experiences and are part of these groups share their voices because for so long they have been um silenced and you know trans women as well we're starting to get more representation of trans women in horror um trans women are actually playing the roles um as well but there's still so so far to go um especially behind the scenes you yes. know um more women behind the camera being the directors being the writers but we're getting there slowly but surely well we you know the beauty of that is we saw that with um Candyman. Mm -hmm. uh, with Nia yeah. DaCosta and uh, her her name is just blowing up now everywhere and, as I, it and should. I love that as a black woman as a black woman to myself and a black woman to her like you know because uh, yeah especially black women in horror that that just it either didn't exist or um, when it did exist we were always the best friend that gets killed first and fuck that um like that that especially through the 90s that really pissed me off as a teenager like going to horror films and i'm like why is the black 
friend always dying for the white protagonist in these movies like it was really it was it it aggravated i know for me because um yeah like my teen years were the late 90s early 2000s and that trope was oh wow i mean you saw that all throughout horror i hate to say it even in scream as much as i love scream scream 2 yep like that that kind of irritated me a little bit because I was like, really? <sighs> like, really? What are we doing here? But um, yeah, they're 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 completely taking away from that now. Um, and because you need to see that, and I, I agree with you, it, it starts behind the cameras. Um, if you're gonna have queer mm -hmm. representation of horror, you have to have queer writers, queer directors. Um, you you just it's it's paramount because the experiences like you said, are not going to be the same. Um, I, I just saw an interview. I think I just saw it, but I think the interview is kind of old where it was Denzel Washington, Denzel Washington talking about how important it is to have black filmmakers tell black stories because there's experiences as black people that only we understand that, that no other race could possibly understand. Like there's just no way. And but that would go for anyone, you know, Asian horror, ja you know, oh my gosh, Japanese horror, Asian horror. I, I, I love, bow. Love, love, I love. I bow to Korean and Japanese horror. And you need to have, though, <clears throat> because they speak to their experiences. So all across the board, you you have to have that. And it's... Jesus it's, Christ, poor Japan. The shit they go through. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, but I mean... Those movies. Yeah, Ooh. but they're executed so brilliantly, so especially good, in their... Um, you know, their, their folklore when it comes to uh, spirits and demons, uh, you know, Japanese legends of that, they have, they have so, so many of those because a lot of that plays into their culture. Mm -hmm. Like they deeply, their, their connections with the dead and with spirits. I mean, they take a lot, especially the real, like the elderly, like they take that they they take that seriously all all of it so yeah it makes sense but um horror has come a long way like i said i'm i'm older than all you guys i got to live through a lot of the bad of it but a lot i got to see a lot of the good of it come and i feel like there's only there's more to come and i've been i've been so impressed i've been really impressed i mean there we still got a ways to go there's going to be um Obviously, there's going to be genres that are always going to be, they're going to be beaten to death, um, you know, because they're they're always going to find an audience. But um, we're getting a lot of original stories and stuff that hasn't been explored before that's really, like, diehard horror audiences are, have craved this. That makes me, that makes me think of a movie. Have you guys seen the movie Swallow? No, I've not it's seen that. It's been on my list for ages. <laughs> I need to get right to watching it. Swallow was my favorite film of 2020, besides uh, the besides Host. Um, you would love it because you said you like horror drama, like things that can happen in real life. Swallow yeah. is <laughs> trigger warning, abusive about an abusive. Uh, I think he's her husband. I don't, yeah, husband. Yeah, husband, right? Yeah. Um. It's about an abusive husband, and, like, she feels like she can't be in control of anything in her life, so she starts swallowing things, which is a real thing that people can have. I forget the name of it. Um, is it not, like, Pika? That's, that's what it is. What it is. Yeah. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. And that movie, that movie was so 
just fucking good. And it's like, I've never seen a horror movie like this. I've never seen, and calling it a horror movie is one thing, but it's kind of like Lucy said about the gatekeeping. Like, it, it's, it is a horror movie because there's a woman getting abused and she's trying to get in control. And the way she does it is she's swallowing tiny things. And it's, it's, it's like psychologically, it'll psychologically mess you up. And it's, it was a great movie and I thought it was fantastic. And I was like, we need to see more movies like this. We need to see more movies that discuss real events and go into things that no one's ever talked about or done and and um it's just it was really cool to see a movie that did that so modern because that just came out last year too i think they should remake um and lucy i'm i'm curious your take i think they should remake gaslight i think they could do it especially now who boy what they could do with that movie and really like flip it and maybe even add like some more like psychological horror elements to it. I think that would be a movie that could be so well, would appeal to a lot of young people in relationships too. I think men, men and women, queer relationships, whatever. Like I, I could see that movie being remade for sure. A hundred percent. I would love to see that, especially because, you know, gaslighting has come up a lot more in recent years and people are, recognizing those signs of um abusive relationships a lot more and i know we were speaking about midsummer before danny and danny's character arc with her toxic relationship her abusive relationship it was so cathartic as somebody that's had that experience before and i think we need to see those stories on screen more and it's the same as like like the invisible man we don't see those stories enough and to see like you said something like a classic which I mean, it'll be, what, 80, 90 years old now, but that yes. story is still so prevalent for anyone in any type of relationship can experience that kind of abuse. Um, that would be fantastic to see. Let's pitch it. <laughs> oh, totally. I think it would help a lot. Um, I'm, Who's you know, your director? I know, right? <laughs> that's the most important. Who's that's, the director? That's... <laughs> James Wan could do it. Ari Aster could do it. Ari Aster could do Ari it. Ari Aster, you're I right. mean, kind of did it already. You're right. I mean, he kind like, of did already. He's but like, I'm going right. to do it again. You're right. If he wanted to do a remake, he could do it. Or James Wan. I think either one of them could do it. Jordan Peele could do it, too. Yeah, he could. Do you guys have it? Would you guys I have any that. Oh, all of those? <laughs> just, just all of them working together. <laughs> just a collaborative project. Do you guys have any favorite horror directors that you, like... Kind of like when you see them, you're like, oh, I don't give a fuck what that's about. I'm going to see it anyway. Sam Raimi, probably. Oh, for sure. We spoke about Ari Aster quite a lot, but Sam Raimi, yeah. Oh, for sure. I agree with you there. Yeah. What about you? Lindsay, good lord. I can't, I'm getting my long, long <laughs> <Elves>. <laughs> Too many L's. Too many L's. Ari Aster's a big one for me. Absolutely, like... I was so blown away with Hereditary, like, as soon as Midsummer came out, I really wanted to see it in the cinema, but I couldn't, because I live in a little farming town that doesn't have a cinema, but I was, like, so desperate to see it. Um, I think as well, like, Robert Eggers, um, like I was saying, he directs, like, really weird films, and I, I loved stuff like that, like, stuff that makes you think. Um, maybe need to give it a couple of watches to like fully digest it. I love something that's a bit like out the norm, so I would say him as well. I think he's going to end up turning into one of my favorites because um, 
what what he does with film is similar to like uh Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. Yeah, Darren Aronofsky stuff. It, it's just oh, what's it about? It's fucked up. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I is mean, he is he the he's the one who did Black Swan and Mother? He did right? Black Swan, Mother. Yeah, because uh, Black Swan was say, so. Have you seen Mother? Because he came out with like this dissertation afterwards about what it's about, and it's like okay, <laughs> if you say so. Oh, well, I mean, Mother it, is an entire biblical allegory. That's yeah, all Mother is. It's well, just a whole Bible story. And he did so. And I I went back and watched this because this was one of his first ones. Was the one with um. Requiem for a dream. No, it's Requiem. Oh, <laughs> that's how I pronounce. That's how I pronounce it the first time. I'm like Requiem for Is a it dream. Requiem. Requiem. <laughs> Requiem for a dream. That's a really hard word. My to roommate say. was like, "I'm gonna call it that because that's just Requiem." Requiem. <laughs> that word doesn't even sound like it's real, but you're right. Requiem. <laughs> have you guys seen that? That movie is insane. Yeah, that's another film. As much as it's like not horror, it's like a film I've watched once and I don't think I'll ever be able to watch it again. Exact. Oh yeah, same. I watched it one time, and that. Oh wow, it. Mm. Jennifer Connelly. I don't know how she didn't get therapy after she. Played she probably that. did. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I know that was all simulated. I, I'm sure Lindsay knows what I'm talking about, but. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're like, mm, I know what you're talking about. Um, like obviously that was all simulated, but still, like that I would I would need therapy after that movie. That that movie was it was incredible, but it was insane. And again, it's like one of those I saw it once and I was like, Yeah, I don't think I need to I don't think I need to watch this again. I'm good. I'm good. Un unlike Black Swan, I which fucking I've seen love I've seen Black, Black Swan eight billion times. I've seen that movie so much and then i always forget every time i watch it that i met um who plays her mom because i met her and i forget that every time <laughs> i know oh uh, barbara hershey yeah, i met barbara hershey. I, I met barbara hershey and i every time that movie i'm like oh, oh that's i forget i i forget i met you her. mean like every time i watch krampus i'm like tony collette's in this movie every time yeah i watch it every year sometimes two or three times a year and i'm like why is tony collette's in this i movie? forget <laughs> adam scott's in that movie oh my god <laughs> every time i was like oh adam scott is in this damn but yeah that happens with me with black swan it's like yeah you you met barbara hershey dum-dum like i forget every time <laughs> i thought you were about to say you met like mia that's not her name. Look, if I met Mila Kunis, Mila I would Kunis put that from... on a billboard. Okay, I would have. <laughs> or Natalie Portman. I would have told God, everybody. I fucking love Natalie Portman or so much. I've watched her since she was a kid. That's that's strange. People's careers I've followed since they were like Elijah Wood always comes. Freddie Highmore, I've watched. Since yeah, he was a child. Since he was a kid. Yeah. Oh, same. Yeah. Freddie Highmore was the perfect Norman. Speaking of Elijah Wood, did you guys ever see? Um, his remake of uh, Maniac? No, I remember when it was advertised at the cinema and I was just like, this looks amazing. I really want to see it, but I still haven't watched it. It's incredible and it really fucked me up. I, I have this, <clears throat> like, I love Elijah Wood. Like, he, like, He's like so cute and tiny and he like lives in my heart. Cause like I literally like I said, like I grew up with him. I love him so much. He's so cute and tiny and lives in my heart. He's just so cute and I love him so much. And if I ever met him, I'd probably just cry for no reason. And they'd be like, why is she crying? But I don't know. Just very emotional right now. 
But seeing him as this, like, because I've seen the original one, and parts of the original one don't date very well because it was filmed in the 70s, and it's kind of grainy, and it's, I think, watching it, you kind of have to, it's, it's very, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, Grindhouse. It's very, yeah. like, grainy Grindhouse, the original one. Um, this one completely flips it and, like, stays true to the, true the story, but so much of it is done POV and, uh, which is really crazy. Like, that fucks me up because I've never watched a horror film that's shot like that where it's, like, you're doing it, um, and you only, like, like you look at a mirror sorry, and Sorry, then... folks, you're cutting out really bad for me just now. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, the thing that I loved about that film that I don't think I've ever seen in horror before is how everything is uh, POV, so it's from the killer's point of view. So he'll kill someone, but then pan to a mirror and you see his face. And it's really unsettling, but in a good way. Um, but it was the first time watching it, it was a little difficult because I had never seen Elijah Wood play a character like that before. I mean, he was a, this, this weird serial killer that was obsessed with women and had these mommy issues. And it's just, I, I would recommend it though. I, I think you guys would really enjoy it. Um, and again, it's one of those that you, you wouldn't, it, I mean, if you want to see the original, it, you know, it, it's, it's. It's okay, but um, you wouldn't have to see the original to watch uh, this one. So I, I recommend Maniac. I think it. I I think it was very well done. Did you hear that? Or are we still cutting out? I heard a good chunk of that. <laughs> okay, good. A lot more near the end. It was just. Cut. I don't know if you had that, Lindsay, but the start of that. I was... Stop recording. So I was like. <laughs> <laughs> um was there anything else that you wanted to ask them before we uh no i'm good um was there, there anything you wanted to ask us I yeah mean, did I you guys you guys have talked to casper before was there anything you wanted to ask me or ah, either one of us <laughs> i was gonna ask how you both met but we already kind of touched on that i suppose is there any horror movies that are coming up that you're both excited about i imagine maybe halloween kills but is there anything else this year or next year you're like oh i can't wait for that the chucky series i know it's not a movie oh, yeah. <laughs> i know it's not a movie but uh my little dude is back and i can't fucking wait because it looks wild <laughs> so um halloween kills though absolutely number one on my list right now um antlers I'm actually looking really forward to a movie called Antlers that's coming out towards the end of the end of October. Um, it is supposed to be about Wendigos, but it's going to piss me off because it's probably going to be Skinwalkers and they're calling them Wendigos. But, you know, I'm so used to that now that I'm like, whatever. Um, but the movie actually looked really good. So I'm actually really excited for that one. And Last Night in Soho? Is that what the name of it is? Yeah. Last night in Soho, I'm looking forward to. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy is in that, and I'm obsessed with her. I don't care what she does. I just love her to death. Um, that's the girl in The Witch. She's in that movie, and that movie looks extremely fucked up. I don't know if either one of you have seen a trailer for it. Um, have either one of you seen a trailer for it? I don't think no. so. Go watch a trailer I for a movie called Last Night in Soho. It looks super fucked up. 
And I think that would be a movie that would be right up your all's alley, too. Oh. I was going to say, we. I think we saw the trailer for Antlers when we went to see Candyman, didn't we? I'm sure we did. That looks really good. Yeah, last night in Soho, I don't know if you guys have seen Jojo Rabbit, but the uh, girl that was in that, that yeah. played the Jewish girl, she's in it, and Anya Taylor-Joy is in it, and it looks incredibly fucked up. Like, the trailer, I was like, I don't know what the fuck that is, but I want it in my life. <laughs> oh, interesting. She's re- she's a really good actress, that girl um, who was in Jojo Rabbit. She's been in a few other things, but i don't know her name like she's been in so many films and you just kind of she's got one of those very recognizable faces i think anyway um but she's really good in jojo rabbit so yeah i should i should look it up yeah you guys watch that trailer trust me and it's it's wild it looks wild what about you and your movies um definitely I, i think probably more the chucky series than um the new Halloween. I, I, I am excited about seeing it. I'm a I'm a huge John Carpenter fan. Um I think a lot of his older stuff, I mean, people just kind of go like, oh yeah, the guy that directed Halloween, and that's like not even my favorite of his. Like he yeah, he's he's incredible. He's really he will always be one of my favorite dr- horror directors. Um but I'm I'm really looking forward to some stuff uh coming out next year um i know like i know we were talking about like uh but i I think i think we're supposed to get the new screen next year january Um, i believe yeah so i'm really looking forward to that um so yeah because hopefully this is this is it (laughs) like we're done we're done with the franchise after this um so i'm really looking forward to that um and i think uh oh what's the other one um they're making a they're they're doing a remake of Firestarter, and I'm kind of curious oh, to see right. what they're going to do. Yeah, I'm yeah. sort of curious to see what they're going to do with that. Because um, then that could be another episode. Uh, we did a um, a Stephen King uh, Pet Cemetery one, where we reviewed the original Pet Cemetery and the remake. Um, so it'd be interesting to watch the original Firestarter and see this one. So I'm I'm kind of one of these ones where, like, I, I I used to hate remakes, and again, I think that had to do with, um, you know, being a teen in the early 2000s and late 90s, and they just sort of, like, ran remakes into the ground, so you got kind of sick of them, but um, if they're done right, you know, I'm I'm all for it, and I think we saw that with Candyman, that it can, it can definitely be done, be done right. I think it was the one that really showed me that just, like if it's done right it can like the it chapter one and chapter two is the probably one of the best remakes i've ever seen yeah. in a film i agree can you guys hear us okay yeah no i was trying to think of any other questions that was my main question Lindsay. i don't know if you have any others um <laughs> that's okay we just wanted to yeah, give you guys a totally chance fine. you know open open the floor if you guys wanted to um ask us any questions so um before we say our goodbyes we give you guys the open floor please plug yourselves with all your socials and whatever else you would like to say well if you want to find girlfriends Right, hopefully I'm remembering the socials by heart now, because we've done a couple episodes now. <laughs> um, yeah. 
you want to listen to Cool Friends podcast, you can find us wherever podcasts are hosted. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Cool Friends Pod, and then Instagram is Cool Friends underscore Podcast. Um, we have three episodes out. One of them, which is our latest one, this shit is gay. You can't convince me otherwise. Is with the wonderful Casper. Uh, our next episode that's coming out is Animal Madness horror movies about um, everything animals with the lovely Enola from uh, Slay Away with us. We have some really cool guests coming up soon. Um, if you want to find me on the socials, um, I'm Lulu underscore Pew on Twitter and Twitch. I also stream and um, I'm also going to be part of the anthology series Hear a Scream um, as Casper is as well. That's coming out very soon. So all exciting stuff. Is there anything you wanted to say, Lindsay? You can find me on social media at hi, it's Lindsay underscore. Um, yeah, and I'm on Girlfriends with Lucy. Uh, we have new episodes out every Wednesday. So, yeah, follow us on all your uh, streaming platforms, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And, uh, yeah, we'll get new episodes from us every Wednesday. Yeah, do exactly what they said. <laughs> I'll be looking forward to that new episode. <laughs> do exactly what they said. Go follow them. They're two absolute sweethearts, and we love them, and we super appreciate you guys coming on our podcast and uh, hanging out with us. We had a great time. As always, you guys are awesome. We Yeah, we very much appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Well, thank so you for having us. It's been great. I know, I love listening to your guys' podcast, like, we were kind of saying, like, with us and Lucy, we're just, like, really good friends, and it's just easy to chat, but you two are so clearly such good friends, and whenever I'm listening, I just feel like I'm in on the chat, you are just, like, in my living room talking, and I'm just listening to you guys talking, so thank you so much for having us on. Oh, thank you. That's very kind. We, We love when we hear people say that, because that's... That's definitely what we want to convey. Like we just, you know, when you and it's listen, funny because listen like, like you're one of our friends when you're listening with us. Your yeah. husband actually kind of said that because when we were sitting down and like having a random talk about it, like having a podcast, he was like, "Why don't you guys just do it?" Because he's like, "This is what you talk about anyway. Like what you're listening to on our podcast is how we talk." Yeah, that's like our conversation. So we appreciate that compliment big time and we love you guys and like we like we said before thank you so much for coming on we'll have to have you guys on again and we wish you absolutely nothing but success on your podcast journeys oh thank you thank you (laughs) well of course of course as always all right guys well we will talk to you later and can't wait to have you again yes have a great night guys well, that was fun. I absolutely loved them. Yeah, that was great. Loved them um, so You guys, much. make sure you listen to Ghoul Friends. Um, when you type it in, it's all one word. G-H-O-U-L-F-R-I-N-D-S. Um, and then, like they were saying, they are on all platforms, Spotify, everywhere. Um, yeah, please please give them a follow. They're three episodes in. And uh, like they said, every Wednesday, just like us. So um, please make sure you support them. And we can't wait to have them back on for sure. Yes. Um, And of course, for next week, we are going to be talking about a new paranormal location. Uh, Stanley Hotel, which is very haunted. And if that doesn't sound familiar to you, that is where they shot The Shining. 
So that should mm-hmm. that was that's the big one. <laughs> the... Yes, it's it's where Stephen King and his wife spent the night, and where he got the inspiration to write The Shining. So, yep. um, looking yeah. forward to actually like diving more into the Stanley Hotel and its history and yeah stuff like that. We need to go eventually. Well, and I love how like it was kind of run down, but like The Shining sort of like made people like revisit it again like, and so it yes, kind of like mm-hmm. helped sort of boost you know popularity with the hotel again and yeah i it's definitely somewhere that's on my list for sure all right my dudes well of course you know our socials we are on facebook instagram and twitter all at dfwto podcast dfwto 8811 is the handle we are on podbean spotify itunes and google podcast i'll let don't fuck with the original Please make sure to follow, subscribe, and you'll always know when we put out new episodes. Give us a review. Even if it's one star, we don't care. We appreciate you taking the time to even write negative because we just laugh at it. So they- <laughs> One star reviews are pretty damn funny. They are actually. Funny, especially <laughs> when someone's like, you only do this podcast for yourselves. We do. You listen to the whole thing, too? Wow, good for you. Those are always the best ones when one-star reviews, if they listen to the whole episode, you you must have actually That's literally like uh, ordering a meal and then eating it and then being like, this isn't what I ordered. I used to work in food. People do that all the they time. They do. Don't be one of those people. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, so we love you guys. Have a great week. Be safe and remember, don't, don't fuck, fuck with the original. original. Bye. Bye.